Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast with Ryan Cote, where we feature casual conversations with entrepreneurs about personal development and growth. Hey, Dr. I, welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you. Great pleasure being on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to talk to you. You know, Morning Upgrade Podcast is a personal development podcast. We talk about morning routines, personal development, entrepreneurship. I know you've got a book coming out on routines. So of course, I want to talk to you about that. Let's start off by you telling everyone who you are, what you do for a living, and then maybe a few uh, a few of your hobbies. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. My The name is actually Angel Iskovic, and uh, they call me Dr. I for short, because sometimes people have a little hard time in the work that I've done over the years. I've was an emergency physician and who trained originally in psychiatry and then was in emergency medicine for many years and then got involved in the world of physician management and then into the uh, corporate world of healthcare uh, management. And now I've decided to take my time to write a book. And the book is called The Art of Routine. It's coming out on May 18th. And I'm also an advisor and doing more leadership-related things on a number of different for-profit and non-profit boards that I help assist with. So it's a bit of a transitional time for me as well. Excellent. And what do you do for hobbies? What are some of your activities you do for fun? Along the way, I've learned a couple of interesting things. One of them is uh, flying airplanes. You know, I, uh, mm-hmm. I learned to fly back in 1996. And at that time, I flew really more for business because it was convenient to get across uh, different regional areas. And then I learned to kind of love uh, really what flying was about, more so than just the practicality of being able to fly yourself or with someone else to certain venues for business. And so I'm a private pilot and uh, I really enjoy it more for for sport today. And then I'm active with other things that I've done, including tennis. And uh, we've been involved in in the little bit in the wine world and learning a bit about wine, making wine, learning how to plant vineyards and the sort. So I've had a pretty broad, eclectic group of interests that I have. Do you get nervous before you fly or is it you're used to it now? I'm used to it now, but that's partly, and it's a little bit related to the book because, you know, flying and doing safe flying is about having a really good routine, a good pre-flight routine. And so you learn to do that pre-flight routine and then you become, you know, really comfortable in that environment. That's an environment that process, organization, structure, routines, really kind of important. And probably a little bit of my makeup and, and thinking about, uh, made a lot of this thinking in regard to, uh, why, uh, routine and stable environments are important to perform well. So let's talk about routines, um, but I, I, I would first want to start off with your morning. What does what your morning routine look like? And then we'll go into some of your habits and, and your advice around routines. What does your morning look like? Well, you know, I found early on that starting organized with some structure and completing a task made me feel good if I did it every day. So it, it kind of starts with, with making my bed. So, and I know one's heard of these kind of things, like how to get yourself going in, in the morning. So I may uh, make my bed and make coffee. And then I have uh, something that I like to do that kind of organizes my thinking for the day in a positive way. And I call that a daily affirmation. And so you might've heard about affirmations in the past, like some of the shows like Stuart Smalley, where, you know, I'm I'm smart enough, I'm good enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. That was be an old uh, original affirmation. But the affirmation can be whatever you like it to be. It could be a review of like, I'm going to have a great day today. We've got some great things planned for the family, some great work planned. And it could be that or it can be repetitive. For me, a lot of the concepts of how one can actually feel 
equilibrium and balance by repeating and doing things on a regular basis. What do you think you get out of making your bed? A, a few of my guests have mentioned that. What do you get from that, you personally? I think really what's happening, and we can even talk about scientifically what's happening in the brain. It's interesting about how we are as humans because in this case, it helps organize and structure. A lot of people aren't quite totally awake, but they're almost automated and kind of doing what they do and making the bed or whatever they're doing early as they're, wake, as they're waking up. What you get out of it is you actually accomplish a task. And when you begin something and do it, over and over again, and you look in, into the science of how our brains work and even how dopamine gives you a good feeling, that's really what you get out of it. Not just that you had a kind of a clean bed to come back into at the end of the day. It's accomplishing something right out of right. the gate when you wake and up. That, and, okay. this, and this is the thing about humans and important for us to understand that these things are what give us our meaning and our purpose. And they can also give us, even in the worst situations like I talk about in my book, Charlie Plum, who was interned in Vietnam for eight years, my mother, who was in Auschwitz at Camp Survivor, even in the worst situations, finding something that you can do regularly and organizing and structure it gives you meaning and purpose. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about routines. Let's set the foundation. Why are routines important? And then can you share two or three habits or routines that you recommend everyone implement into their daily life? Yeah. So obviously kind of being a physician, sometimes you have to look at people's individually. So it's hard to have a one, one thing works across all, but the key thing that I talk about is that the art is what you decide to do. And the routine is what you do regularly. It's the timeliness of it, repeating it in the sort and learning how to really find kind of balance with this. Now, there are a couple things that I like to talk about that people need to understand about how our bodies are regarding our circadian rhythms. And so our body has this circadian rhythm that gets us up in the morning and back to sleep. And so I like to talk about that a little bit for just a moment. What you'd start to notice as you awake, these are great times to be able to exercise, for example. That's the one great time to do exercise early in the morning. Our blood pressures come up. We become more alert. And then also the next thing that happens in the morning is that it's a great, what we call cognitive time, a time to do very diligent, very, very specific work, whether it's spreadsheets, writing, things that you have to really focus on. So in my morning routines, additional to doing an affirmation or beginning with making my bed, I'll do some form of exercise. In my case, it may be a, a short walk or it could be some form of stretching. It could be more vigorous as it has been at other times. I then move into kind of that work moment. Sometimes people have to do this at work that you get very diligent. About 10 o'clock to about noon is a great time for engaging with people, Ryan. And this is a time that you're most alert, most awake, all the way through lunch is a great time for people engagement. And that could be in many different ways, particularly in businesses and the sort. But by about three o'clock or so, this is when your cortisol drops, your sugars drop. And this is where you see the English having tea, uh, high tea, where you see the Spaniards going to sleep, where some people in the French and other cultures have a sex, all controlled by the, the, the part of your brain. And then after that period of time, in the United States, of course, we go after Starbucks or coffee of some sort. And this is not a great time to be engaging or doing diligent work. It's a good time for innovation. 
the body picks up then later in, in, it's very common to have sports and athletics often exercise between four, five, or six o'clock dinner. And then people can become very productive afterwards at about seven to nine o'clock. So that's a little bit about how I try to balance my day using circadian rhythms. So would you say most of the important work should be done before three? Because by after three, your body's starting to wind down a little bit. Is that, am you I know, getting that right? Surely at three o'clock, the ability to keep attention. I've done a number of consultations for companies that are trying to have a meeting and saying, nobody's paying attention. I can't get good works in the meeting. I said, it's not a great time to have a very diligent meeting. I used to just have an innovation meeting at around three o'clock and feed people a little bit with food and, and something to drink. And I think in general, for most people, that's exactly, that's exactly true. In fact, some companies, Ryan, have learned to say, we're, especially now during the virtual post-COVID moments or, pre, or during COVID moments, they've actually said, you're off at three o'clock, but I want you back on doing some work at seven o'clock tonight. That's interesting. You're also making me think that if I'm just kind of running this through my lens uh, with uh, my family's marketing agency, Ballantyne, if we schedule sales calls now through screen share or video, we should try to do them between like nine and 11 because I feel like the people that we're presenting to are going to be more alert at that time and more receptive to... Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's really important. And you got to take time zones into effect. But that's exactly the kind of consultations I've done for... I did a podcast on recruiting. I In having a physician staffing company, You know, when do our recruiters recruit? When do people best engage? So that totally makes sense. Doing engagement or interviews for people later in the afternoon or yourself doing them, you know, you'll, you'll see it. You'll see people at three o'clock yawning. So mm-hmm. obviously it depends how they've been doing on their sleep side, but I'm just trying to point out that the example you just gave for the, for sales, recruiting engagement is correct to learn how your body works best and when it's most alert. How did you get into this? Like the routines and personal growth? What is it about personal growth that interests you? First of all, as a caregiver and as an individual, we all you know, go through our lives in a, in a way that we want to uh, better ourselves or try to improve ourselves, do better. I look at it mainly as a better way to survive, how to live a good life in the sort. And this kind of concept, although it's been building over many years, began when I studied longevity and I studied people that were over 100 years of age. And what I noticed was these people that live long lives two things they had in common, a stable environment, both physical and people around them. And they did things regularly and in routine. But what they did varied. Some of the things they did wouldn't be healthy, for example. They might have uh, every day at at four o'clock, I had a scotch. I had a scotch, you know, or I had my meat on Wednesdays and Thursdays. But what I noticed was that routine and that regularity. And it got me thinking about high performers. In my book, The Art of Routine, I talk about the Rolling Stones and other artists, people that you would think were not really organized, structured, having regularity, totally not, totally not true, not the case. And also how we care for our young and also businesses who have good organization and structure rhythms and how routines can become rituals for companies and how rituals, which we have all over, are part of how we can socialize and and how we brings stability to our lives and, and removes uncertainty. So I became interested in all of that. And then how is it that it connects to our bodies 
seeing that our bodies have these circadian rhythms and our hearts beat very regularly and the world we perceive has the sun come up and come down and we know the seasons. And so our whole life is about structure, organization, and regularity. And that today's world, we're not paying enough attention to it while we're being really overly distracted, interrupted in an age of what I call infinite distractions. Yeah, everyone's so busy now. And we were talking before we start recording, it's, it's hard to create routines when you're just so busy between the kids' activities and work and this and that. And it, uh, right. that's why you know, the morning routine, at least having that, getting up early and, and establishing, your, you're starting your day off with that, that routine. At least you have that time because everyone's still asleep and you can get your personal development work in. Right. And I think for individuals who are more entrepreneur doing a lot of their own thing, not engaged, let's say, in a corporation or managing, those are really, really important things that, that you just mentioned. Also, we're having tremendous amount of distraction and content being constantly thrown at us from the social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, whatever it might be, LinkedIn, television, streaming, and channels. And I think a lot of this has really been brought to the forefront during what I call the collateral damage that's happened, not just the health damage that's happened because of the pandemic and COVID. But you have seen some collateral value. You've seen people learn exactly what you're talking about when they suddenly are confined more to an environment and suddenly their lives became a little more contained, not as chaotic, not as much. And they began to develop new values. And I'm seeing some real good collateral value from understanding how important the family might be or your own home environment might be. Now there's a lot going on with home furnishings and where we live and things you never noticed before. So there's a lot of good collateral value happening, I think, in us having to have to shelter it in place, so to speak. Well, that's actually a a great kind of transition into my last question for you. So I got one more question for you. And then um, I'd like to wrap up with you telling everyone how they can learn more about you, get more information on the book uh, that's coming out soon. So my last question for you, Dr. I, is we were kind of talking about this a little bit, but happiness and fulfillment. What's your definition of happiness and fulfillment? And and what's your approach to achieving both? Well, you know, obviously, happiness is a really complicated subject matter. They actually teach a course in Yale on happiness and the science of well-being. It's become the most popular course taken by over 2 million people, which show you a little bit about how maybe unhappy people might be, trying to search for finding what it is that can make for a happy life. And when you kind of connect about how our bodies are, how our brain, how our brain works in the sort, having those feelings of, of well-being and happiness is also a little, is having more of those type of feelings, happiness, which makes for really a happy life, which is to be content and a good life, to live a moral, a good moral life. I think those are the elements that can make for happiness. But to know, in order to get into that mode, you have to be able to experience things with some form of regularity and things that don't just leave you immediately. In fact, they talk about savoring you know, certain moments, whatever it might be, a great meal or a shower or things of that nature. We sometimes are moving through things too quickly. They're experienced too quickly. So we need to savor these things that give us those feelings of happiness for a little bit longer than we would other, otherwise. Whereas there are certain things that we think oftentimes 
material goods, the, the joy we get out of a new car or maybe a, a new home or a, a new toy or anything, a new clothes, some of sometimes those pieces, the way the brain works, kind of come and then you adapt to them. You get used to them and they no longer give you that that sensibility of, of happiness in the sort. So that's a little bit, I think it's a very broad subject. I hope that helps a little bit about at least the concept of savoring those things that make you feel good. And one thing you mentioned before about your, about your, your hobbies and, and your professional career, I think my one thought when you were talking was, it sounds like you live a very fulfilling life um, because you, you have achieved a, a lot in, in business. Now you're transitioning to a whole new career. You've got a book coming out, you've make wine, you fly, so you're experiencing a lot of things and you've achieved a lot. And it just sounds like my thought in the back of my head was that it sounds like a very, very fulfilling life. So maybe there's a lesson, a lesson in there as well. I just want to say, you know, I've been kind of blessed and had had the opportunities, but you know, I came to the United States as an immigrant with a hundred at seven years of age with a hundred dollars and two valises. And my best piece is that you look at this, these things don't come immediately to someone if that's what they want to do. But the idea of starting small, whether it's with a routine or a habit that makes you happy and good and building upon it and sticking with it is, I think, very important to accomplish things that give you meaning and purpose in life. Couldn't agree more. It's a perfect way to end this conversation. I really enjoyed speaking with you, Dr. I. How can people learn more about you and your book? Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, the book comes out on, on May 18th and it's in pre-order right now. It's the book is on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Skyhorse Publishing, and Simon & Schuster. It's going to have a worldwide uh, distribution, which I'm, I'm pleased with. I have the number of handles, Angel Iskovich, A-N-G-E-L Iskovich, I-S-C-O-V-I-C-H.com, has a, a little bit about all that. And I have the handles on all of these different uh, formats. And uh, we've been trying to tell people a little bit about the concepts and the theory and the hopes that they'll get an opportunity to get the book and read some interesting stories of how how routine and environment are really important in how we live. Great. Yep. We'll link everything up in the show notes. Thanks again. Great talking with you. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. Please subscribe and review. And don't forget to visit us at morningupgrade.com for more content.